This is Dollars and Sensibility with Tom Stone. And we're gonna talk about what you really want. And at the end of the day, how to get what you really want is to understand money. Guild Mortgage, NMLS number 3274, Tom Stone, NMLS number 257849. The information contained in these podcasts are for educational purposes only and do not necessarily express the opinions of Guild Mortgage. Welcome to another show of Dollars and Sensibility. And today, I've got Ashley with me, who is basically a transaction coordinator for our office, but that's only one of your hats. We've introduced you before, but uh, Ashley is basically my radar, like a mash. I like Ashley, and then she fixes everything I ever need. So welcome, Ashley. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's joining me because I want to talk about something that I think is very important, particularly going into a market that you want to be prepared for that house when it comes up. And it's called the difference between pre-qualification and pre-approval. And the terminology in, in the industry that people are used to saying is, do you have a pre-qual letter? Of course, that's abbreviated for pre-qualification. And actually, you're going you're gonna to help me on the side where you come in and help out okay, on the credit approval side. But I'm going to take a minute and just introduce the difference and introduce what I think is important. So the steps are this. If someone says, hey, I want to make an offer on a house. Usually, especially if there's a realtor involved, they're going to say, I need to have a pre-qual letter attached to it. That's where I get a phone call and I send over a, a, a pre-qualification letter that's in my system. I just plug in what their loan amount is, uh, what type of product it is, and an interest rate. And I send that over. And in the past, you know, maybe when things were just going really wonderful and, and it was a steady market, rates weren't moving a whole lot, that might have a little more weight. But with rates changing so dramatically, with products changing so dramatically, I, I would dare say that they're almost worthless in my opinion. So what is the difference? So a pre-qualification is basically someone fills out an online application for us. We run it through an automated underwriting system, which is a computer approval that actually goes clear to the federal level of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And those are the two quasi-governmental agencies that rule and reign basically on the conventional side of things that well, the funding and the ruling comes from. And it really, in all honesty, I mean, actually, if we get an AUS or automated underwriting system approval, it's good to go. Yes, it is. Uh, but, or unless they're self-employed, or unless they have piece rate income, right. or unless they have two jobs, yes. or what else? Or they have um, alimony that they receive. Yes. Or, and I'm just coming up with so many things that when, if you go through a pre-qualification process where you say, hey, I've been to a lender, a loan officer, and he or she says, I've got my pre-qual letter, and that's what you use, it's, especially if I'm a seller, maybe even speaking of seller, I would not accept a pre-qual letter. I would want a pre-approval letter. And I'm going to even add that at Guild, we have a credit approval guarantee where it's actually signed by the underwriter, not the loan officer, with a $5,000 guarantee that if we don't close under the situation that they've given us, then we'll pay 5000 bucks. Mm -hmm. And when you have an underwriter sign it and with a guarantee behind it, that's as solid as it gets. 
the funny thing about that is we've actually had, Hey, real estate agents or sellers, we have this and they don't know what it is. Yeah. Most of them are like, um, thanks. You know, cause they're send over the pre-call letter. Yeah. Can you also send us over the pre-call letter? Yeah. That's, uh, that's exactly what we get. Huh? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Do you understand this is a credit approval guarantee with signed by the underwriter? Yeah, that's great. Anyway, right? Yeah. So the point of this particular podcast is to make sure when you get your loan approved that it has been through automated underwriting, but I think also through underwriting. Now, Ashley, I want you to pipe in a little bit. So what are some of the things that you do? So if someone comes and talks to me, I'm the first step, right? Yes. And then I say to you, I want a credit approval. Yes. What are the steps that we have to go through to get it prepared? We have to order verifications of employment. I don't know what you mean. A fillable form. Oh, a fillable form. <laughs> <laughs> that your employer fills out to specify exactly the dates you've worked there mm -hmm. and what your exact income is. And mm -hmm. either per hour or annually, or it just specifies if you're going to have a raise soon or mm -hmm. if you just got a raise or and why is that important? Uh, it's an actual documentation that shows that what you, not just something that you filled out, it's actually mm -hmm. proof that you, that we can right. back up and say. Exactly. So we get an application, someone puts in their own income, right? Right. And if we only go off of that, or if a lender only goes off of that, then it's likely not completely accurate. Not to say anyone's a liar. It's just that when you look at the income, does that include bonuses? Does that include overtime? Does that include, uh, like I said, piece rate before? Does that include a leave of absence? A leave of absence, right? Yeah, all those variables that you know. Hey, the because you oh you make you know ten thousand bucks a month. That's awesome. And we get their W two and it shows eighty two thousand dollars. Right. Well, ten thousand dollars times twelve months is one hundred twenty thousand. They only showed eighty two thousand. Why? Right. The underwriter is going to say, hey, they don't qualify for ten thousand. They qualify for this eighty two. And by the way, that's a decline of income. There's so many variables. And I'm, I guess I'm trying to make a point with this podcast that people can hear because they go to the lender like, well, I guess he said, or she said, I'm good to go. And I always think, make sure you leave my office, our office with, you know, why you know what happened so that you feel exceptionally comfortable. I turn my screen around so you can see the approved eligible, right? You right. can see it's a yes. Yeah. So what about if they're self-employed? And I, again, that's why I'm saying, hey, Kay, I get this, I get this file and I send you over some documentation. What do we need to do with those tax returns? So when we get a tax, when we have self-employed, that's the best one or type of loan that we need to send to an underwriter or the, mm -hmm. and all of the processors have eyes on it because there's certain things that we have to be able to prove like, you know, um, is it, is there a loss last mm -hmm. year before mm -hmm. or. How many times has a borrower said to us, especially they're self-employed, just had one the other day, I pay myself $15,000 a month. Right. And that borrower showed a loss of $191,000 on their tax return. Yeah. And they, and they were like, I don't even understand. And I go, well, well, can I just show you my bank statements? They said. And I said, well, there used to be a, a program actually called the bank statement program because of the market and what we're doing right now, that's not happening. But they also don't like the fact that that particular product is higher interest rate. Right. And a bigger down payment, some of the things like that. But a tax return almost never coincides with what you take home when you're self-employed. True. Yeah. So so and then we have to have in people, here's your tax return. And if they're they own a, if they have a business, there's personal returns, but there's also what? 
the business returns and the K1 to show how much you yep. own. Yep. So so that's if it's at 1120 s that's if it's a 1065. And I don't think I'm I know I'm now selling I'm smart and stuff like that, but this is what we do every day, right? Yeah. Uh which is which is an LLC or an S Corp or is it a C Corp or is it a partnership and all these variables? And the other thing is if the tax return shows a bunch of income on there, good for you, but then there's four partners. Yeah, we have to know who it disperses to and how and, and how yeah. much. Yep. Again, why am I doing this podcast? Because multiple times people get a pre-qual letter from other lenders, for example, and then they don't, they don't get to close or things change. And, and so just going through the income we've talked about is important. Now, what have we been working on lately to help people with, what do we do when someone's credit isn't there? Um, we can do an, uh, an analysis of if they paid certain things off mm -hmm. where their credit score could bump up to, mm -hmm. and we can do a rescores to get them to where they are if they pay certain things off. So. We call it the what if scenario. Yeah, yeah we what if it. <laughs> we what if it to say, okay, if this is paid off, this is paid off. And it's an algorithm that we can use for through our through our credit reporting agency. And it says, if this is paid off, then it's likely this will happen. Like we just closed a loan today mm -hmm. where we ran the what if scenario about six weeks ago, four weeks yeah. ago. And we said, look, if you pay off these particular debts, and our borrowers were pretty concerned as far as how that goes, right? Yeah. They, they, they had had someone else a while ago tell them to do it. And it didn't work. So they actually used their cash to pay off these debts and then they couldn't qualify for the loan and it left them really in a bind. Yeah. Right. So they were really gun shy and nervous for us to say, Hey, pay off these debts. Like we've been told this before. We're like, we know, yeah. but, and, and we, I'm sorry. What we said was, but you haven't been to guilt mortgage before. And that's, <laughs> that's true. a little bit confident, but I think people like that in this particular circumstance, they like a, a lender who's very confident in what they can do. And then of course back it up. Yeah. And again, what we did today is we closed those people today. Yes. And again, I told Ashley when I got back, I said, I got three hugs at that closing <laughs> with a whole lot of thank yous. And that was a pretty good feel good because they'd had some things that they were working on. So back to the credit and the pre-qualification, you know, even for them, it was they didn't believe us because they'd been told from right. another lender, you know, to do something that hadn't worked, hadn't worked. And so they were nervous about it. So again, a pre-qual letter from a lender. And, and let's talk about timing. Almost always this is how it works. Someone might talk to us. They might hint at it. They may even come meet with me. And I say, can you get me an application, an online application? And I can go through the process and get you ready. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And they don't. Yeah. And then, and then they, that weekend they go looking for a house and inevitably they find one. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, hey, we got, and of course what happens is there's three other people because it's a fantastic house and we need a pre-qual letter. Yep. And we go, okay, uh, so did did you get me those receipts? Did you get me those bank statements? And like, oh, yeah, I'll have to get those to you. So the advice I give is always what when it comes talk to. Talk to us first and get us, let's get you pre-approved. Mm -hmm. And then we, and then you can go look at houses. <laughs> so we're not really big pre-qualification people. Right. But that's the terminology in the industry. Yes. Are you pre-qualed, right? Yeah. And, you know, odds are. If you want to go with an odds, probably if you get pre-qualified, you can figure it out usually, right? Normally, yes. But why be that other 10, 20, 30% that, oops, sorry about that. I mean, you got sellers and agents and people even spending money on appraisals and stuff like that. And like, oh, sorry, I didn't see that. I didn't realize this. Right. So the difference between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval 
is basically best guesses and wishes and actual. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At the end of the day, right? Now let's even go down the credit approval. So when I say credit approval, that's a Mm pre-approval and I want to define what that means. So I'll, I'll let you do it actually. So a credit approval approves what part and what part is it yet still to be done? So credit approval approves the income, your credit, and your assets. Mm-hmm. And the next part is to come is the property. And mm-hmm. and what, what do we need for the property? An address. An address. And from that, we can order what? The appraisal. And the title. And the title. Yep. yep. So no matter what, you can't do that second part until you have a property. Right. The other thing about it is if you come to us, you get pre-approved already through an underwriter. Mm-hmm. And then you make an offer on a house, you can have a shorter time frame. Yes, it speeds up to the time frame. I mean, oh, we're talking, yeah. you know, you give us 10 days, two weeks, we're done. Yeah. On, a, on a file that's already been through underwriting, right? Correct, yes. You know, you, you can order the appraisal on a rush, pay another couple hundred dollars if that's if timing is important. So in other words, if you're, and that can put you almost in competition with a cash buyer. I mean, cash buyers still usually are 10 days, you know, a week to two weeks. Yeah, because normally you have already gotten gotten us the W-2s or pay stubs yep. at that point. So yep. we're not asking you mm-hmm. for additional in- mm-hmm. information yep. at that point. So yep. So even in the idea of I'm going to make an offer on a house and I want to be, you know, jump on this and, oh my goodness, and that's how it always happens. It's like, yeah, I haven't seen anything I like. Yeah, I haven't seen anything I like. There it is. And everyone else likes it too, by the way. Right. When it's a nice house for a good price, everybody's looking too. Yes. And you think you're the only one, but there's about 2,600 other people that are looking at your that same house. <laughs> yeah, they've been waiting for the same deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the hard part is when you got a cash buyer, right? Coming at right. you. And so if you can come in and say all my contingencies, even to say, nope, I've already been approved. That doesn't have to be any contingency, right? Right. You can choose to risk on the appraisal or not, but I, I'd say, yes, you should say, you know, contingency on if the appraisal comes in high enough or not. And then close in a short period of time. Yes. The other thing is our job is we protect earnest money. So that real estate agent puts that earnest money up and we've been seeing a lot higher earnest money requirements. People I think are getting gun shy because some things aren't working out. Yeah. In fact, I heard just the other day, it was a builder actually that with rates going up, they've all pulled out and it's either rates going up or just the concern. Like even yesterday was a run on the bank or excuse me, this last weekend, right? Yeah. Silicon Valley bank went under and then two others went down too. And so everyone's gun shy and nervous. And so like, and so they're pulling out so you can make an offer, but then you'll back out. Right. So there's owner's money to be protected there. And if we get shorter closings, yeah, not to try and lock anyone in, but you want to get ready and go. And that's, again, I'm speaking from the seller's side when I say that, or from the buyer side, which is what we represent. And you're looking for a property and you want it, then be first in line and be first done. That's yeah. really what a seller wants. Okay. Pre-qualified versus pre-approved. Let's just make sure we understand the credit takes quite a bit of analysis Mm -hmm. just as an overview, right? You've got the income taxes or income analysis. And again, even if you're W2, let's go down. I I just realized we didn't talk about this one. So we talked about self-employed. We talked about a verification of employment, Mm -hmm. but if someone is someone who is a server, someone who, so, so tips, Mm -hmm. someone's tips or commission or bonuses, so that additional piece of, mm-hmm. of income, what has to happen there, Ashley? Well, it always is easier when you have a verification in front of you so you can see 
uh, each year how much they've made so that. And why? Why do we need each year? Uh, because normally it's uh, done as a. <laughs> we can edit. Um, it's done in a. Two well, your year, phone went off, so that made you also think. Two year uh, comparison. We compare mm -hmm. and make sure that it's a continue. It's going to be a continuing thing, and so there's a yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we have to average for two years, and then you have to make sure it's going to continue. Yes, and actually ask those questions on a verification appointment. So if someone got a big bonus last year once, yeah, and then we ask the question, are these bonuses likely to continue? And they say no. We can't count the income. Right. Someone says, hey, I made 150 grand or whatever last year. Awesome. And their year-to-date pay stub shows thirty thousand. They're like, "Well, I get my year-end bonus. That's really big." And you had one of them. Can we get that approved? Ashley, can you get that approved? If we have one hundred fifty thousand dollar income from twenty twenty-two, and we have a thirty thousand dollar year-to-date through, we're on March fourteenth today, twenty twenty-three, and they say, "Well, I get this year-end bonus at the end of the year." Can we qualify that loan? If I, if I have an employer who actually documents that they are guaranteeing that they get that, mm -hmm. we can. I use the word guarantee and I hardly ever hear that word from an employer. Yeah, we don't normally get that. <laughs> but if they say that it has been that way for the last, and they say that they are on track to get it, we can normally get it qualified. Okay. So I like that answer because, well, it depends. Yes. And we have to participate with the employer, get a letter of explanation, understanding. Uh, now, the book says you need a two-year average. Right. Right? And I, I give a pretty ex extreme example where it's only 30000 and he makes one hundred and fifty, and it's year-end bonus, blah, 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 blah. Who knows? Maybe I guess my math. I have to look at my math. But, you know, if he relies on that year-end bonus to qualify. And by the way, if he's trying to buy a home that's less than the income needed for the bonus, I'm saying again. If the home he's trying to buy doesn't need the bonus income to qualify, then who cares? Then obviously, right? yeah. <laughs> so we always go off of the base income first to see if they qualify. Yeah. And maybe if, as an agent or as a buyer, when we say, hey, you're qualified for this, and you're like, well, I want to qualify for more, then we say, well, let's get back to you. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. All right. So I'm just wondering if I've kind of made a point here where when someone's looking for a home, they should go to Guild Mortgage before. Yeah. They should be educated, informed, and have an understanding of what's needed. Do an online application at goalplastom.com. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let us pull your credit. Let us get ready. Let us have a meeting, whether it be Zoom, uh, phone, face-to-face. -face. I love face-to-face, -face, but if we can't do that, great. And let's talk about it so you say, I understand where I'm going. We explain what we're dealing with. We have a file, by the way, almost a confession is in, in comparison. We have a file that's... We worked on for about three, well, about a year with his credit. Okay. But since his credit barely squeaked over the line to we can do it, we've been trying to fit him into a USDA loan. And a USDA loan is a zero down loan, has to be in a certain area. Yes. And the other limitation is what? The income limitation. You can't make more than yeah. a certain amount of money <laughs> per county, right. right? But you have to make enough to qualify. Right. But then... USDA also has very low debt ratios, meaning you can't go above. And, and we learned that he can't go 0.1% over it. Right. And then we learned that his wife worked two, uh, a year ago, two and a half years, a year and a half ago. Is yeah. that income going to qualify? Because they were right on the line for qualifying, right? He was about, right. just makes a little bit, almost too much. 
And then, phew, that's okay. Well, we found out that his daughter here lives in the home. She's working now. There's all this information that changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. So when he was, he just, it's just this little teeny box we're trying to fit him into. And just so you know, a zero down loan, loan when it's zero down, way more rules. Right. Way more. If you had a down payment, none of the stuff would apply. Right. But, you know, and he's like, am I approved yet? And I'm like, well, let's get that information from your wife, get information from your daughter. Which is really important when you are trying to do a USDA loan because things, every little income change or mm -hmm. does change and then it throws you out of there and then you don't qualify anymore. Yep. Yep. And with rates going up, payments go up, need a higher income, yes. but you can't make too much. So it's this little teeny box you have to fit in. All right. I just keep throwing out examples of <laughs> please get pre-approved yes. through us, have the consultation, understand what you're doing. And even just the online lender thing, it may go there for a second. If you can't have honestly that years and experience, understanding different loan programs, going through the products and having a full blown pre-approval process. And by the way, people say, yeah, I've got my letter right here and it looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's got some color on it. It's got the, this, it says approve on it. You feel all great about it. Is that a pre-qualification or is it a pre-approval? I'm telling you, it's mostly a pre-qualification yes. because lenders do not want to put their neck on the line with any sort of letter that says you're approved until we're completely approved. And there's the difference with Guild. We have a credit approval guarantee with a $5,000 uh, amount we'll pay. It's just what you're trying to show you. you. Guaranteed by the underwriter, and here's the money. That right there is gold. And if I can get real estate agents to accept that as a norm and sellers to expect it, you're going to almost completely get rid of getting to the closing table and things not going your way. Right. And by the way, lock in your rate. You can also lock in your rate even without an address, and there's a certain program for that. Because if you're, hey, I, I've been shopping for two months, and two months ago you were at 5.99, and now you're 6.99 or 7 something, right. you don't qualify anymore. Yep. The other thing I don't like about us, I'm going to finish up here, is that I'll send over a pre-qualification letter. Again, I told you that I don't like to, but I do because they don't give me the time. Or an approval letter, and I'll put it at a higher interest rate than the market. And I get always get the answer if I don't have a conversation from the real estate agent. For some reason, they're always rate sensitive. I don't understand that, by the way. They're like, why is your rate this? Is it in the market that? Yes, but keep in mind that you're making an offer and the rate is not locked yet. Wouldn't you want to have a higher rate that you qualify at? Yeah. <laughs> well, why is your rate so high? Okay. You want me to pre-qualify them at a lower interest rate so it looks good? Yes, please. Okay. You know, <laughs> a little facetiousness in my voice right there. No, if market rate is 6%, we should qualify them at six and a half well, and, and hopefully lock jumping, them at a lower. Yeah. And when they're jumping as fast as they have been, mm -hmm. that's a while, it yep. makes more sense to do yep. that. Anyway, so if someone could call me cautious, someone call me careful, but I've been in the business almost 30 years. I've seen it. And I just love when I go to that closing. And again, my motto is to have the most boring closings ever. That's the motto, right? Yeah. No surprises. That's what Tom said. That's what Ashley said it would be. And save a day. <laughs> That's my other one, huh? Save a day. Always yes. save a day because it's always that one day. At we want to be three days prior to closing where the document's there. That's back to the boring part, right? Yep. You don't want to be waiting at the table, hoping docs come. You had to make a last minute change. People don't understand that when they're going for the, I'm shopping for a mortgage company and they're going, you know, shopping rates, of course. That's all they know how to do. And they're like, well, this is a name I have heard before or something. I'm just telling you, you want to have a mortgage bank. Guild Mortgage is a mortgage bank. Not a bank, a mortgage bank. That's different. Right. 
You don't want to be a broker. I don't. People, I'm, that can happen. It can work out just fine. But you got more risk because there's other parties involved. Even a correspondent lender. Long story short, that's another podcast I'm going to do. Talk about the difference between the bank, the broker, and the correspondent lender. Yeah. Those are the three different ones out there. But this one is pre-qualification versus pre-approval. Long story short, let's get pre-approved. Let's make sure you have the most boring closings ever. And let's make sure that you get the home you want at the price that you said. And you can jump on this train of equity and grow and talk to, and, and listen to another podcast about buying multiple houses over the next 10. Okay. All right. I'm getting, I'm going off. I just love, it's so much fun to see people start this and go down that path. So anything to add? Did I miss anything, Ashley? No, I think getting the pre-approval helps it so that you don't get surprised either. That's it. You, yep. In fact, you brought something else I have to finish up. I can't have two things in my, in my, in our office, surprised or confused. And that's, by the way, with good intentions. We might, we know what we're talking about. We did a nice job. But if I surprise somebody, if we surprise somebody, or we confuse them because we didn't explain it well enough, right. that's just as bad because you don't know, because you didn't see it coming. And you're like, wait a minute, I, I have the moving truck here. Or wait a minute. Yeah. So back to that pre-approval, right? Yes. Let's just do it the right way. Yes. <laughs> okay. Ashley, thanks for joining me. I know you yeah. love doing this with me. <laughs> yeah. And she does laugh like that all day long, by the way. She just laughs. She's just she's just a happy person. <laughs> just a happy person. This is Dollars and Sensibility, and I'm Tom Stone. Thank you for listening, and thanks for getting real with me. So next step is to answer your questions. Come see me, Guild Mortgage, 435-654-9979, or goapplastom.com.